Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trading the Stock Market. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about struggling to gain traction in the market. What do you do when you just can't seem to get any direction out of the market to go in your favor, at least, you know, you get into the stock, it goes against you. As soon as you go out of the stock, thinking that it's going to continue to run against you, it goes back up. That's a really frustrating place to be in trading. And so that's the focus of this podcast today. Now, I don't like to use people's real names or identities on this podcast. So I always give them a good Florida redneck name. And in this episode, I'm going to give this guy the name of Boone Thatcher. Boone Thatcher writes, hi, Ryan. My name is Boone, and I live in Arizona. I'm 52 years old. I'm a software engineer for a large semiconductor company, and I plan on retiring in eight years when I'm 60 years old. I've been fortunate enough to have a long career doing work that I love, but lately my mind has been restless, and I've looked for mental stimulation outside of my core work. One of those areas I've started to explore is swing trading. This led me to your podcast and YouTube channel, which I've benefited from both greatly. I really appreciate you sharing your years of experience and hard work and wisdom about the art of swing trading. When I started my career 25 years ago, I immediately began saving into a 401k. Over the years, I've saved in the range of 7 to 12%, and my company has matched between 5 to 10%, depending on the company's financial situation. This was the single smartest financial decision I ever made because that fund has grown to around $800,000. By the time I retire, it should be around $1.5 million, which should put me past the tipping point for continuous growth beyond what I need to spend in retirement. That's the plan, anyways. My point is that I have a good retirement plan and don't need to rely on swing trading income for that. I have an IRA separate from my 401k that I'm using for trading that has around $45,000 in it. I started trading in the beginning of August this year, which turns out to be bad timing. You could say that again. I literally started trading right when the bullish market turned at the end of July, five weeks, and now my head is spinning. The market has gone down, up, sideways, and continues to just churn. I do my research and Look at hundreds of charts. I pick a few good trading setups, buy some stocks, and then the overall market will lose 2 to 3% that week. It's like my setups mean nothing, and everything just gets carried away with the tide of the bigger market trend. I'm trying to follow a top-down trading strategy and focusing on the sectors that are trending well on industries and those sectors that are trading well, but it's been frustrating to just get pushed around by the churn regardless. I'm looking for some perspective. That you bring with your years of experience to me right now as a new trader the market just seems turbulent and unpredictable and i'm having difficulty gaining any traction does it ever get any easier to find some setups that work does the market calm down and behave more predictably during different periods of time wondering what advice you may have for new traders who may 
only see the market sliding around and being so crazy. Hope this makes sense. Keep doing your thing. I think you're a great man. Take care. Boone Thatcher. That's a great email. Man, you kind of get a good idea of the struggles that he's dealing with here. He's done a good job. He's been contributing to his 401k for all these years. He's been working a steady job at a good company, a semiconductor company, and he's got some money on the side through an IRA. He gets some tax benefits from having an IRA and and he's been able to save about $45,000, which he wants to do some trading on. So now he gets into the market in July and he's seen the market following the October bottom and struggled in December of last year thereafter. And then in January here, it just takes off. You know, you see things like NVIDIA go up. I don't know. What was it like? 200% even more. I think Tesla, the same thing, Netflix, Meta, Amazon, Apple, Google. I mean, they just all have gone bonkers. So then you think that, man, this market's never going to stop going up. It's just going straight back to all time highs. <laughs> and then in August, you get two months of hard selling. And so then that selling leads to frustration because here the guy just got in in the beginning of August and he hasn't been able to turn a profit because every time he gets into something, it continues to work against him. Now, I will say this, no matter how good of a trader you think you are or have become, you're going to have moments of difficulty in your trading. You're going to go through periods where it just sucks. Sometimes it might last a month. Sometimes it may last two or three months. And that's not impossible to have happen. I don't think 2023 has been easy by any means for trading. I think it's been one of the hardest trading years that there's been in my lifetime. And so I can sympathize with old Boone here and the difficulties that he's struggling with. One of the things, if you look at the NASDAQ 100, for instance, it looks like it's hardly sold off as a result of the last two months. But one thing it's definitely done, it has chopped around a lot. There's been multiple reversals, both higher and lower. If you zoom out far enough, and, and this is why I think looking at stocks and ETFs and, and the sectors and the overall market from different time frames is important. You look at it from a weekly or from a monthly, it's going to look a whole lot different than a daily or an intraday. And so when you zoom out, you look at the weekly, it looks like we're in a bull flag on the NASDAQ. Now, whether or not that plays out or not is anybody's guess, but a bull flag is simply consolidation. On the daily chart, that might only be six or seven days. But if you get a bull flag on a weekly chart, that could be six or seven weeks, or if not eight or nine weeks. And within those eight or nine weeks, you're talking about a lot of time there spent chopping around in the market. So it's good to zoom out, look at the bigger picture, because during those two months, yes, the, the Russell has not been in a bull flag. Russell's just gone completely south. The S&P 500 has definitely struggled more than the NASDAQ 100. Why has the NASDAQ 100 fared so much better than the S&P 500 and much more so than the Russell 2000 because of the concentration of those top eight stocks. For those that don't know what that is or who they are, it's Apple, Amazon, Netflix, NVIDIA, Google, Meta, Microsoft, and Tesla. Those stocks, you're, you're talking about over $10 trillion worth of market cap between all those. Apple alone is like $3 trillion. Microsoft's like $2.5 trillion. You got Google that's almost you know $2 trillion. It's like $1.8 trillion, I think. The point being is, is that NASDAQ is 100 stocks, S&P 500 is 500 stocks, S&P 500 is a broader representation of, of the 11 sectors. S&P, yeah, it has some staples in it, like Costco, it has Pepsi, I believe. But by and large, it's your big tech companies, like the companies I just mentioned, or AMAT, or MU, just the big, big tech companies. And so 
when the big tech companies are doing good, they're also pulling up a lot of your smaller big tech companies as well. And the same goes for when it's going down. And so the NASDAQ has handled its business much better this year than the rest of the sectors, much more than the S&P and far more than the Russell 2000. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. And so it's important to know what's driving the market. He talks about using a top-down trading strategy, but what you don't want to do with a top-down trading strategy is just focus on the sectors and say, okay, these are the sectors that are running pretty well. These are the trades that I'm going to jump into. Because if I'm reading his email right, it sounds like he has a desire to be trading. And so much of trading involves you not trading. (laughs) I don't really mean to sound too contradictory there, but it's true. So much of trading is not trading at all. You're not trading, you're waiting, you're being patient, waiting for the right setups. And so over the last two months in August and September, and even here in October, the less you've traded, the better off you are. If you're trading 40 or 50 times as a swing trader, there's a good chance that you're struggling. If you traded five or six times, there's a good chance that you used the opportunities that you had in very specific moments to be able to book some profits. And so when you're getting into these markets that are very choppy, that are without direction, you can look at the S&P 500, and we're definitely in a sideways market. You can look at the NASDAQ 100. We're definitely trading sideways there as well. You want to look at that and realize, okay, instead of trying to necessarily play the breakouts, there's a good chance that I want to be playing the bounces. I'm going to be playing the extremes. So when we're bouncing off the lower end of a channel band or off of a key support level following a pretty significant pullback, you want to be patiently waiting for that bounce. Now, the bounce usually comes on strong volume on a substantial substantially fast price move. It's not usually something that's just plodding along. Usually those are moments that get sold in the market. What you're wanting to look for is a a strong, like, okay, people are covering their short positions. People are all of a sudden inspired to buy long positions. And it's happening off of extremely oversold conditions. You just look at like some of the, the bouncing that we've seen in late September into early October, it was off of very oversold conditions because the market had pulled back essentially for about two months. And so finally, we start to get that bounce, and there was an opportunity to get long there. And now the market's working off those oversold conditions, and we're kind of back into this like sideways malaise where the market's flirting with the idea of pushing back to the downside again. 
but we're not quite sure that's actually going to happen. But the key is, is to be fading moves in those kinds of situations, to be fading like the overbought conditions when you start to see the market fade again, or don't even worry about that. Just try to play the oversold conditions because trying to fade price moves to the upside by shorting it, those are much more difficult to do than trying to play the bounce because eventually the market does bounce oversold conditions once they work themselves out and the market starts to bounce again, you can get some good opportunities there. Another good opportunity is swingtradingthestockmarket.com. With it, you're going to get all my stock market research each and every day. You're going to get multiple videos. I'm telling you, this stuff is good. It's golden. And you're going to get bullish and bearish watch lists each week. You know, my master watch lists and then daily watch lists too. You're going to get different stocks that I'm watching each day, handful of those. And then throughout the day, you'll get, you know, some other videos on some trading ideas, some videos on, on the big tech updates and on the market as a whole. So really good stuff that you're missing out on if you're not part of swingtradingthestockmarket.com. So remember, the more you trade in these kinds of conditions where it just feels like everything's fading, everything is unable to get the follow through, the more difficult it becomes for you. Trade less, that's the best thing that you can do. Better to wait for the extremes. And then when you do get in a position, so for instance, in late September, I got into Meta and Microsoft trying to play the bounce. Meta, I made like 4.4% overall on the trade and Microsoft, I made like 3.4%. In both situations, I was taking profits aggressively. I was booking them very quickly. I think Meta, my first profit was like 3%, then 4%, and then I closed it out at 6%. I wanted to take those profits very aggressively. I wasn't trusting the market because I felt like we were in a day cap bounce. And that aggressive profit taking isn't necessarily something that I would do in a market that feels very bullish or in a sustained bullish trend. And when you play the extreme moves, you want to make sure that you're waiting for that initial move first. That doesn't mean just like the first green candle you get long on. You want to see where there's some feverish short covering, some feverish buying. People, it looks like when you're watching on the charts, man, suddenly people want to get in. I haven't seen this behavior out of this market in weeks or months. It's noticeable on the five-minute charts. When people start getting in, you start seeing some massive candles starting to form. And you don't have to be in a rush. You can let it play out for a little bit. Time is on your side. A lot of these stocks that drop 10 15%, if they rally 2 or 3% without you, it's not the end of the world. And he also asks, too, does it ever get easier as you get more experienced? In some ways, it does. In some ways, it's still a challenge. I think one of the things is that the market's constantly changing the narrative. I think there's a lot of things that don't change. The greed, the fear, that kind of stuff never changes. The bubbles, Fed, they all act the same. Fed's always going to be cowards. They're always going to cut when they say that they're going to stay higher for longer. They're always going to start raising rates when they say that they're not even thinking about thinking about raising rates until 2023. Remember that? That was from, I think it was 2020, where I think, yeah, I think it was 2020. The Fed chairman, Jerome Powell, says, we're not even thinking about thinking about raising rates until 2023. Well, how far we've come because last year in 2022, we started raising rates. We didn't even wait to start thinking about it. Apparently, we just started doing it and we've continued throughout most of 2023 raising rates. So that's that's an example. It's like Fed's always going to be cowardly and never follow through on what they say they're actually going to do. Market's going to have cycles. I think that we're in one of the longest cycles of all time here off of the 2008 lows. I mean, yes, you had a recession in 2020 with COVID, but that lasted like five weeks before the market just took off again and bottomed. So the narrative changes. You might have a trade war that's affecting the market. You might have Israel and Palestine that's affecting the market, or you might have COVID that's affecting the market, or AI 
those are things that are a changing narrative, something that's new all the time. In the 90s, it was the dot-com bubble. Those things change. The behaviors of the market largely stays the same. I think there's some things that you'll see that comes about over the years, but usually those things still revert back to the old way of doing things. For instance, like the zero DTE call buying. Never really a thing before. Now it is. And you can see where the markets are struggling to sell off because you have such a wave of people that are buying these same day call options contracts that are expiring and it's creating delta squeezes. So to answer the question, yes, it gets easier in being able to recognize certain behaviors. It can still be challenging to understand the narrative at times, but you go through it enough. You start to learn a lot about your emotions, a lot about what you're inclined to do for better or for worse. And you guard yourself against those things. You start to realize that some things do really work well in preventing substantial losses like stop losses, like managing the risk. And if you enjoyed this podcast episode, I would encourage you to leave me a five-star review. I really do appreciate those. Leave me one of those reviews to tell me what you think about the show. Hopefully it's only good things. And keep sending me your questions. Keep sending me your stories. I love hearing about the stories. I, I'm telling you, I read every one of them. I want to make a podcast episode out of your story. So send them to me. I'm telling you. If you're having a question, there's thousands of others out there right now having the same question. So it would be beneficial to the community if you ask me your question. And make sure to check out swingtradingthestockmarket.com. Thank you guys and God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the Share Planner Trading Block, where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to shareplanner.com slash trading block. That's www.shareplanner.com slash trading block. And follow me on SharePlanner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at ryan at shareplanner.com. All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon. Thank you.